1: I mean, they're an explosive offense. I think they've been doing great things, running the ball and passing the ball. They really have great players all across the board. Obviously, Zeke is an amazing back. They're a new rookie, amazing back as well. And they can do a lot of things in the past game, so it's just on us fundamentally to be in the right spots. That's Blake Martinez. This is the Wendy's Big Show on 105.7 FM, 1250 AM, and the free radio.com app. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, our green and gold reporter. He is Mike Clemens. He is brought to you by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. It's all happening at PaysBig.com. Michael, appreciate it, man. Blake Martinez is going to have to have a big week, and he is going to need to be able to meet some people in the line in the middle of the gaps because that is going to be necessary against Zeke this week.
0: My take is it's been a more serious tone in the Packers' locker room this week, and I think because, uh, bottom line, they got punched in the mouth. I think they felt they let a game slip away, but they were physically beat up, and so were the Eagles, too. And on four days, you know Thursday night football, and so they were so high coming out of the Broncos win, and especially after the Vikings, and they know that the Cowboys are obviously one of the better teams. I don't know if you guys have talked much about this, but you know the Cowboys aren't exactly jumping up and down with Tyron Smith, their best left left tackle, one of the best, you know, at that position. He's out. I mean, he's got an ankle injury, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the other tackle, Lyle Collins. He's dealing with an injury too. Uh, he did not participate today. He's got a back injury, and their solution for both those are Cameron Fleming. In other words, like they're Alex Light. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's right. He's, they're, they're they're really nervous down there in Dallas, especially when you see you put on the tape. You see Zedarius and Preston Smith going after these guys, and they they're trying to come up with answers of what the hell uh, this guy is going to do for uh, on the tackles uh, for Ezekiel Elliott and protection of Dak Prescott. So. Now, that's one thing that should be in favor if you're factoring on who can win this game. But in the meantime, um, the Packers um, get gashed by Philip Lindsay, tremendous running back in the Broncos, and all that time of possession. He got to the fourth quarter, and the Broncos had, had it was thirty minutes to fifteen, just two to one. The defense, the Packers' defense on the field, way too long with fifteen play drives. That doesn't help them any when it, the injuries start stacking up. Um, and, and and then of course you know you get Josh Howard and Miles Sanders, the rookie, uh, racking up another 150 last Thursday night with the Eagles. And so you talk to Blake Martinez, you talk to Dean Lowry, who's frankly not had very good games the last two weeks, and you talk to Mike Pettin about 30 minutes ago, and when they use these terms like gap integrity, Billy, you know what you're talking about? Shred the damn block. Mm-hmm. If you got mm-hmm. a blocker on, you don't let that guy just – you have to get rid of him. You have to have a sense that this is a run, not a pass don't just try and hold it up it's not a screen shred your blocker and make a play for the ball and here's what Patton said you know you want to stop the run i mean there's there's no secret about it it is it is basics i mean i got to recognize the formation you know gather that info but then it's i got to win my one on one i mean i, I got to knock the guy back across from me i mean i got to separate you know locate the ball and, and separate from the block i mean we're the, the thing that we stress is every
1: you're going to get blocked
0: the key is don't stay blocked and, and i think they're our, our guys have to realize that, that, that internal clock of, of when to separate um, you know, needs to get sped up a little bit.
1: And knowing that you, you're you going to need to get off that block and, and being able to try to anchor down into the double teams, that was the one thing I didn't see Mike. Kenny Clark do, I I think, a good enough job against the Eagles in, in kind of anchoring himself down. But he was going up against a in two-time All-Pro in Jason Kelsey, it doesn't get any easier with Travis Frederick this week, but they're going to need to find an ability to score to keep up with this Dallas team, and and that defense is no joke on the other side either.
0: Yeah, and I learned some things today, too, um, about what Patton's trying to do with this defense. First of all, you guys have heard now they brought in this outside linebacker, Tim Williams from the Ravens. Mm Correct. Now, uh, LaFleur acted like it was kind of a surprise to him. I mean, basically, this was a pro-personnel move, He said, I don't know much about this guy because I haven't gone against him that much. It wasn't like he had that many starts against me or he had injuries when he was going against them in AFC games with the Titans. Uh, So, you know, basically I think they just need to add to that. When they were down, when Zadarius had a knee and Kyler Fackrell's got a shoulder and he hasn't been participating, and suddenly you go from four to two-and-a-half outside linebackers, that's when they probably had to get on the, you know, start looking at the board and saying we got to bring in another linebacker. And they so they had to release uh, Evan Bayless, who's actually a kid I like at tight end. They can put him back on practice squad, but this is a guy that uh, Milt Hendrickson is uh, is now Goody's football operations director. His last job was with the Ravens, so he was there when they drafted the guy. John Harbaugh just said two weeks ago, "Yeah, this guy's got to step his game up." So he kind of called him out. Both of his backup outside linebackers, and uh, so that's why he's here. He's he's fallen out of favor with Harbaugh. Two years of injuries, only two uh, tackles in four games of play. Um, But the Packers think that you know he's still a prospect that they can coach up. They'll probably put him on special teams, and they're a little short on that. Uh, They'll use him for that. Um, And another thing I found very interesting today was how come Patton keeps on bringing Adrian Amos up to play this inside linebacker? Orrin Burks is getting back on the field from the torn pectoral. and they don't use Ty Summers, you know, so they bring in Adrian Amos. Well, It's not only because they think he's a sure tackler or maybe he can help if a running back comes out of the backfield to catch a pass, but it's also just simply to disguise the defense. It's simply to confuse the quarterback. Like, well, what is is Darnell Savage lying up next to Blake Martinez for? And they do that a lot. Uh, And he said they'd even be doing that even if Raven Green was okay and not on IR, even though he was the more stockier guy. Um, kind of more of a hybrid safety. So those are some of the tricks that you know Patton is playing. It's not necessarily because he's got a shortage of big guys at inside linebacker. He just thinks he can. You know that's the way he can he can do this.
1: As Aaron Rodgers looks at this point, Mike, where are where could possibly the holes be in that Dallas defense? Because we were talking to uh, R. J. Ochoa down in in Dallas, Dallas earlier on today, and you you look at. Each level of their defense, they have all-pro talent at each level of that defense.
0: Yeah, Robert Quinn from the Rams. Um, you know, he's there in his second year. He's the, the veteran when it comes to the pass rush, and then the three-line linebackers: Sean Lee, uh, Jalen Smith. Uh, Lafleur went on and on about Jalen Smith. That's what a tremendous athlete he is. And you know, don't forget about Vander Esch, who just jumped off the page last year at the strong side linebacker last last year in his rookie season. And you could see him all over the field the other night in shutting down the Saints. But Aaron, I think this was interesting. One of the things that Aaron said, why he was able to put up 400 yards against the Eagles, because they played a simple cover, too. And he knows how to do that. All those years going against Lovie Smith and the Bears, you know, there's slants. And he that's why he and Devontae got it going with that short pass. They knew how to do that, and they weren't changing. And so that's what worked for him. Now, they say that this Cowboys defense is really simple, it's cover two, cover three, and then you know your your base defense. But they do it so well; they're so fast, both on the back end and with those linebackers. And here's what Roger says he's seen on tape of the Cowboys:
2: It's a very athletic uh, sideline to sideline defense. You have speed all over the field. Um, you know they have uh, two, really three, fantastic linebackers uh, with Sean and. and and uh, the two young guys who are playing so well Uh, the front is very active you know two great pass rushers uh inside they're doing what coach marinelli has taught for years you know a lot of line stunts and line movement to combat not having 340 pound guys inside and the back end's playing really well so it's it's a sound defense Uh, it's not extravagant but they play their their defense really well their coverage has been tight and uh and they've been you know they've been slowing some people down for sure
1: Rod Marinelli has uh, been a mainstay over there, and and remembering his time with the Detroit Lions, they really do the same thing. They want to get in your face on the defensive line.
0: Yeah, and it'll be you know probably some of the similar stunts he did with the the Lions and what he's been doing the, the last couple of years. Then we turn to special teams. Um, you know, a week ago I'm talking about Sean Menenga, and man, this guy is so much more detailed. And then of course. They give up a 60-yarder to Spencer on a kickoff return against the Broncos, and then a 66-yarder against the Miles Sanders, the Philadelphia Eagles, on a kick return. Part of the problem is Mason Crosby was unable to get touchback kicks against the Eagles that mm-hmm. night the other night. And Menege today said a little bit about, well, you know, there were some crosswinds, and they— well, if it, you know, normally they kick from the right hash, but if the wind's blowing a certain way, it'll go from the left hash. So I'm just here to tell you, though, the detail that you get from Sean Menenga is far better than anything I've heard from anybody that has anything to do with Packers special teams in the last 10 years, and that's going through, like, three different coordinators. But uh, today, Menenga talked about giving up those 60-plus yard returns to both Denver and
2: Philly talked about it last week the, the first one in denver i mean was kind of what we would call like a counter double double where they showed one way and then they really doubled two of our guys back to where they were going to return to so that was a well drawn up play we missed the tackle their point of attack um you know, last week was still another formal we call a double double where they're doubling two guys we just we had a couple a couple guys on what we call the back side of the return that avoided the wrong way and didn't close to the return and created a seam and they hit it downhill, and, you know, we saw with the rest what happened and stuff. So, you know, we had a guy you need to get off the block at the point of attack and then just continue to avoid the correct way and stuff. So trying to put guys in different different spots and you know, where we feel like they can uh, see it better and those kind of things and stuff that, you know, just, again, got, i got to do a better job coaching him is the bottom line.
0: At- My take is that he misses Tony Brown, the defensive back. Mm-hmm. also plays on those teams. He's been out now a couple of weeks with a hamstring. He's out this week. That was one of his top guys to be one of the first guys down there to make the tackle.
1: It sure is a, a far cry from what we used to get out of Ron Zook, huh?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I thought Ron was probably a little smarter than Sean Slocum, but, you know. <laughs> That's, the only thing, I, Mike. Might... I, 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 I told this story the other day on the air on one of the other shows. Did I, I, have I told you the Greg Bedard story? No, tell no. us, tell us it's the Greg 2013, story. and Crosby missed like. 8 out of 12, mm. right? Right in the mm-hmm. middle of the season. And it's just, I mean, he's missing a kick per game, and it's getting to be November. And I wanted him cut at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's not getting any better. And Bedard, you know how good Greg was at, remember he would have those Excel sheets, when he would he would tra- track things, you know, like kicks and returns and players, uh, you know, and their injuries and all that kind of stuff. He whips out one of his Excel sheets and says, come on down, let's go down and talk to <laughs> we'll Slocum." And I, I had some questions, too, to talk about you know, maybe the field goal operation, et cetera. So we got through these questions, and that's when you could just talk to the coach, just you know, one or two guys in the hallway. And Bedard goes, one last question. Bedard, who worked for the Journal Sentinel, went on to the Boston Globe Sports Illustrated. He goes, Sean, um, you know, we've noticed that uh, those last eight missed kicks, six of them were for the right hash. What do you make of that? And Slocum's jaw dropped, and he went, well, you know, as like I can say, we're working on the operation and we're confident that you know Mason's gonna work his way out of this. So I put away the microphone, we turned around, we walked out the door, and once the doors closed behind us to the locker room, I said, He had no flipping idea. And Greg said, I know. He had no clue. <laughs> he had no clue. A newspaper guy could track this and say, Your problem is from the right hat. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Just my great. my lasting uh, memory of Sean Slocum will be, Mike, when, when I first started going up to Packers training camp as just a fan and, and like, I'd go up and you'd hear the one dude yelling on the loudspeaker because he was always miked up during mm-hmm. practice. And I'm like, that's right who is this dude? No, he's the then, most energy of all time, but he's talking about kickoff
0: return. Great, a great point to make because, Meninga, guess what? These guys have all got it memorized when they hit the field. They, they, then they, you know, they choreograph what they just worked on in the classroom. They know what their assignment is. All right, today this hit me like a ton of bricks. Last May, Leroy Butler said, "Hey, I got an extra seat. Do you want to go to Ted's Packers Hall of Fame induction?" Oh yeah. Ted Thompson. I said, "Sure, sure, sure." Mm-hmm. So uh, we drive up there, and uh, Leroy's table's there, and you know, is there, and Gary Ellerson is there, and then Jordy Nelson came to sit down with us. And then Mason Crosby and his beautiful wife, Molly, come to sit down next to us. And Molly ends up sitting next to me in this round table. We're about five, ten tables away from the front there where they're going to, you know, induct uh, Ted Thompson to the Packers Hall of Fame and the big, beautiful atrium, Nice Dinner and all that stuff. So uh, there's like a long period before the program starts, and this Molly says, So, you know, what do you do? Who are you? Just the nicest lady. And we talked for 45 minutes, and we talked... I also was a reminder, too, when you want to find out about a player, talk to their wife, you know. She's talking about mm-hmm. kids, she goes, we found a school where there's other kids that are whose parents are also on the team, and that just makes things easier, because when you're the only kid in the room and they find out your dad plays for the Packers, it's like you stand out. But when yep. they're four or five, because even the teachers teach you, they, they don't teach, they don't, I handle the
1: kids the same way. Hundred like, you, percent. You, you're an outlier. You, yeah. you're, you're like you're you're like a celebrity. No. They would probably imagine. So,
0: but they you know they, they love the public schools. they love raising their kids in Green Bay. And uh, the sense I got from her is like, if we can just get one more year out of this thing, you know,
1: because they because
0: they want to get back to Austin to where the grandparents are, because you know he's from Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Wonderful conversation. I mean, just went on and on. She just couldn't be a more sweet, gracious lady. Today the story breaks. He told us to. Bill uh, Huber at Sports Illustrated, she started having some pain about um, four weeks after that, started having shortness of breath. He had to take her to the Mayo Clinic just before the start of uh, training camp. When on the eve of training camp, she had to have surgery for breast cancer. They had to remove part of her left lung. Mm. That's what Mason Crosby was dealing with. While he's battling for his job with Sam Thicken and running back and forth to the hospital, they've got five kids, man. And so Sean Menenga was asked, "How did How did Mason Crosby hold up through that whole thing?"
2: I think it was a lot for him. I mean, but I think he was he was great. I mean, it still remained a leader like he always has been in the locker room and with our special teams unit. And I think he's he's one of the most respected players on our team for a reason. So, I mean, he handled like a true professional. And you know, we would talk about it not not every day and stuff, but he would keep me updated on what was going on. And like I said, I I don't think he let it affect him as far as again he started to battle and win the job and. I didn't see any ill effects from it. I know there was a lot weighing on him and stuff. Obviously, when we were in that situation and stuff. But I think he was great through it all, and you know, it's continued to to be great, and we'll just continue to pray for her and you know, hopefully, she continues to go in the right direction.
0: You know, these football players are very talented. They get paid a lot of money, but most of them, I mean, they're just people. They're extremely talented people that have worked very hard for this shot to play in the nfl and sometimes we kind of rip them you know on twitter or as fans or whatever you know they're more than just like figures on a video game you know I mean, mm-hmm. they, they got real people problems
1: yeah that is a, a total we don't reality see we but... don't see this no it's sometimes. kept Never. out of the yeah, spotlight yeah, yeah. no and, and you're right you're right um she is a, a, a very wonderful person. Uh, you know, Mason Crosby also is involved um, with the Vince Lombardi Golf Tournament um, mm-hmm. that we have here uh, in Milwaukee, which benefits uh, cancer research. So, that's I the mean,
0: irony. He's been doing that for 10 years, and mm-hmm. now now it's his wife he's got to be.
1: right. You never know who it benefits. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Mike, appreciate you bringing that story to us, man, and thanks for all your work, all right? Thank you, boys. Safe yep. travels down to Dallas to Mike Clemens. Our guy, our green and gold football reporter here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, brought to you by Potawatomi Hotel, gaming, casino, spa. It's all happening at uh, PaysBig.com.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.